This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Went to a Minnesota Twins game last Friday evening against the California Los Angeles Angels. It was hot in Target Stadium. The pros are so fit they did not break a sweat. The Angels come from where Minnesota hot seems mild by comparison. The Twins pulled out a win in the ninth inning after being down earlier in the game. The guy sitting next to my eight-year-old son caught a fly ball. And then asked him who the best baseball team was. He gave him the right answer, Minnesota Twins, and the man gave him the ball. There are good people in Minnesota. One could say that I am borderline living within 10 miles of the Iowa-Minnesota border. My grandson never took it out of his glove. On the way up to Minneapolis, the crops look good from the windshield perspective. Soybeans look behind even though planted early due to the dry June. Minnesota had more subsoil moisture to start the season than we did in northwest Iowa, but has used its soil moisture to get crops to this point. There are some crops in Minnesota, just like in Iowa, that missed recent rains, and they are showing the beginnings of stress. I've been following stress degree days and Iowa State University data on the mesonet. Temperatures above 86 degrees harm corn, and stress degree days are accumulated each day that the temperature is above 86. A high temperature of 100 degrees then equates to 14 stress degree days. Total accumulation above 140 pretty much nixes a trend line yield. There are several reporting stations in northwest Iowa that are already above 140 accumulated SDDs. After these next 10 days is forecast, pretty much all of western Iowa is going to blow right on by 140 accumulated SDDs, meaning that significant yield potential will be lost. Based on Sunday's forecast, in the next 10 days, Sioux City will gain 49 SDDs, Sioux Falls a whopping 66, Fargo 47, Minneapolis 53, and near Royal where our farms are 55. The reporting station closest to our farms already recorded 192 SDDs as of July 24th, so add another 55, that makes 247, well over 100 above the threshold when yield damage occurs from the heat. If harvest yields this fall are worse than expected, the reason given will be remember the stress degree days over summer, too hot, too long. Drier, warmer weather is not a threat to the southeast two-thirds of the Corn Belt, with the northwest third much more vulnerable for severe yield damage than current consensus believes, in my opinion. Three days of near 100 degree windy temperatures conversely kill corn under poor conditions. The 102 degree high with 18 mile per hour winds forecast here for next Wednesday will feel like a blast furnace. After this round of heat, it's going to take really timely substantive rain in order to give the corn crop enough water to fill and make the soybean crop. It doesn't look to be that there's enough rain coming in the blended August forecast in dry areas to prevent severe crop deterioration in August. No one seems to fully appreciate the lack of subsoil moisture reserves. USDA will eventually reduce both the yield from trendline and harvested acres. The western corn belt is being toasted in late July, and a lot of corn acres will be salvaged as silage, which are deducted from harvested acres. If you plug 172 bushel per acre from harvested acres into the balance sheet, and when coupled with crop shortages developing in other areas of the world, we'll enter a new phase of a combination supply-demand bull market. 
Last year when I recognized that crops had run out of moisture and were dying prematurely along with receiving information, that Chinese corn and soybean purchases would eclipse what USDA was then forecasting, we bought back any forward sales that recommended the crops all be put in the bin. We are sold out of 2020 cash corn and still have 25% of 2020 cash soybeans to sell. The soybean crop is made in August and we will sweep the bin. The current markets have not been responding to crop losses in Brazil and elsewhere, focused on computer-driven trading program for U.S. weather. Brazil's poor corn crop is eventually going to leave such a mark that it will show up on the U.S. balance sheet. There is hand-wringing over Chinese demand, but bears embellish the prospect of an ag trade disruption. Our sources tell us that China will continue buying. I believe that China will pretty much repeat buying the quantity purchased this season next year. That's a good thing, not something bearish. USDA is still behind on its export forecast. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 